Hi, welcome to our study of patterns found in the Gospel of Mark. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 8. Contemplate. Consider thoughtfully. Not only do you need to comprehend the Word of God, understand it, but now we've got to think about it and let it roll around in our thoughts. In the Old Testament, the word used, I believe, for contemplate was meditate. David talks about meditating on the Word of God day and night. In the New Testament, I think the word that I, uh, I would match to this is pray. I've got to pray. Ask God for wisdom to understand fully and, and consider thoughtfully the word of God and how to put it a lot into action in my life. Mark chapter 8. Jesus feeds the 4,000, warns them of the leaven of the Pharisees. Peter rebukes Jesus. And then the correct response is a blind man. Jesus feeds the 4,000. Now, this is a really fascinating, confusing little piece of work right here because he says to them, we need to feed the 4,000 and they respond, where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? Well, it's complicated. Why? Because back in Mark chapter 6, they just finished feeding 5,000 people. What's the problem? They've heard the word of God, but they're not contemplating it. They're not allowing it to stay in their heads. See, back in Mark 6.52, when he's walked on the water and the wind stopped after he fed the 5,000, they were astonished that he had walked on the water, for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. Their heart was hardened. Why? Because they've just read the Word of God. If you just read the Word of God and just move on, your heart's going to get hard. You've got to learn to contemplate. You've got to learn to focus on it. How is this going to be applicable in my life? I may understand it, but now how am I going to put it into practice? I've got to hang on to it. Jesus says we need to feed the 4,000. Are they contemplative? How are we going to feed 4,000? Wait a second. We just fed 5,000 a couple of months ago. We can do this with your help, Lord. They weren't contemplating. And they totally missed the understanding of this. Then we see him in this same chapter talking about the leaven of the Pharisees. As they're in the boat, they forgot to bring some bread. And as they were in the boat, he was giving them orders saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And then they were arguing about not having enough bread. And Jesus said to them, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Why? Because we're not contemplating, we're not thinking about this. Is he talking about leaven? No, he's talking about the teachings. The teachings of the Pharisees and the teachings of Herod. Seeing them in person is one thing, but listening to what they have to say, it's what they say that you take into your heart, and it's that which turns around and makes you either a clean person or an unclean person. And he's saying, beware of the Pharisees and of Herod and what they teach. Contemplate this is what we need to do. And then the third point here, Peter rebukes Jesus. Jesus is teaching about the death, burial, and the resurrection. And in verse 32, he was stating the matter plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, adversary, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's interest. Peter didn't turn into Satan. Peter was refusing to believe what Jesus was saying, so therefore he became an adversary. 
because Jesus is the one that we need to what? Listen to. Peter wasn't listening to what Jesus had to say. What Jesus had to say was going totally against, uh, against what Peter believed, which the Pharisees taught him. He wasn't contemplating. And that's the thing that Jesus is warning us about. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. We've really got to focus on what Jesus' word is saying to us and understand it. And in Mark chapter 9, verse 1, that belongs to Mark chapter 8. And Jesus was saying to them, Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see, orao, the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Now this is fascinating because you've got to really contemplate this. Is he referring to they're going to see when they go up on the mountain of transfiguration, Elijah and Moses and Jesus, is that the kingdom? Or are they going to see it on, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? No, he's saying not until after it has come with power. We know it comes with power in Acts chapter 2, but it's after that. And that word see is the word orao, which means to perceive. People will perceive the kingdom when it has come with power. Well, they'll perceive it because they'll see it in the church and the activities of the church. But it's perceiving. See, so you've really got to go slow and contemplate on what he's trying to say right here. Now let's jump into something that's really got to take a lot of thinking to understand this one, but hopefully we can get through it. This is the blind man. The blind man is brought to him by his village. And I think they just want to have a sign. I don't think he really understands what's going on. So, so he takes the blind man from the people who bring him, and he takes him off to his side. I believe these people have played tricks on this guy all his life. And so he's going, okay, what, what's the next trick? Who's going to play something on me this time? So Jesus brings him out of the village. And now catch this. After spitting on his eyes, he lays his hands on him, and then he says, do you see anything? Well, spitting on his eyes has got to be an insult. So, so the blind man's kind of taken aback here. He's not understanding what necessarily is going on. I mean, he may think that he's going to get his eyes healed, but he just spit in my face, right? And now he's saying, do you see anything? He's saying, do you see, blepo, anything, which means physically. And the blind man looking up, ana blepo, which means to see again, which is the same word used for Bartimaeus in chapter 10, 51 and 52, when Bartimaeus saw again. He said, I see men. I blepo. Yes, I can now see. But then he says, I see orao. I perceive them like trees walking. Well, most people like to say, well, he couldn't see clearly. He, he saw men like trees walking. It was, everything was fuzzy, and they were sort of moving about. He saw perfectly clear. He didn't need to touch him a second time to make sure the eyes could see. The power of God can give you 100% healing, whether your faith is strong or whether your faith is not strong, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God. When Jesus touched him, he anablepo, he saw again, and he said, I see men. So what is this perception that he has of men like trees walking? You have to put yourself in the shoes of blind people. To a blind person, a tree was their guidepost. 
because trees don't move. So when he found a tree, he knew what this tree was, and he knew what this branch did. It pointed to that next door, or he knew what this branch did. It pointed to his friend's house. He trusted trees because they never changed. He can't necessarily trust people, but he can certainly trust trees. Then again, Jesus lays his hands on his eyes, and he looks, and he, the blind man, looked intently, diablepo, which means to see through, and he was restored, fully restored. So what was the hands on the second time? Is that a miraculous? No. See, because the blind man was using his physical eyes, but Jesus putting his hand over his eyes. See, the blind man's eyes, when he's blind, is his ears. When he could see people, he couldn't really understand these people. He didn't know who to trust. They're walking trees. But when he relied on his ears to help him hear, I know the voice. And I know that voice. Now I see that person's form, and I know what that person did to me. I can't trust him. I know her voice. That's what she looks like. Ah, because the words that she said, the kindness that she gave to me, I can see through clearly now. Right? He began to see through. Everything, bad translation. That word pantas means all or every one. He could see through every one clearly. That's what took place. So if you look at it in, in a different translation, the way I kind of put it together, do you see anything physically? And he regained his sight and said, I see men, but I perceive them as trees walking. I can't trust them. And again, he laid his, eyes on his, his hands on his eyes, closing them, and he saw through and was restored and saw through everyone plainly. And he sent him to his home and says, do not even enter the village. These people aren't nice to you. The people that are nice to you, they'll come to your place. But don't even go back to this village is what you need to understand. You see, the blind man learned to what? Contemplate. It's not just reading the word of God, seeing the words but it's taking it and putting it into your mind and then putting it into practice. God opened his physical as well as his spiritual eyes to understand. That's what I believe the lesson coming out of Mark chapter 8 is. Contemplate. Contemplate the word of God. Consider it thoughtfully. Thank you.